because a lot of people watching this um, also have the same aspirations. They want to come to Dubai and work here and you've done it. Your story might help them to do it as well. So for me, when I moved here, when the plane landed in Dubai airport, I knew nobody to call to pick me up. And I'm not joking. I had 700, when I converted the money and I got the cash, I had literally 700 dollars in my hand, which means I couldn't take a hotel. I couldn't even take a taxi to go anywhere. So it was not safe. I did not do it the safe way. I would not recommend it. But if, if something like this makes sense to you because you are adventurous and take your risks in life, which is what makes an entrepreneur different than the other people, is that we take risks. Uh, please do it. But I wouldn't recommend this. If it can be automated, it should be. That's the motto of our guest this week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Be Your Own Boss. Our guest this week is probably the youngest guest on our show. Iman Agnama is her name, and she is the founder of Quality Digital Marketing LLC. Quality is a digital marketing and AI automation agency based in Dubai and Sharjah, and their primary objective is to assist small business owners in establishing a thriving personal brand and help them with their branding. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube and you think you don't have an hour to invest, listen to this podcast on Spotify or any of your preferred podcast platforms, because that way you can listen to it while you're doing other things like driving, cooking, walking, working out. You can just uh, listen to it while uh, you're out and about. With that, let's get started. Let's hear from Iman about her story her journey. Iman, thank you so much for taking our time and joining us here on the Be Your Own Boss podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sachin, for having me. It's great to be here. So before we get started, like I said, Iman is the, probably the youngest guest and we literally have like, a, I'm, look, I'm in my mid 40s. She's in her mid 20s. I think we, we've got like a, a big generation gap. So I'm going to tell you in advance, there might be things that I don't know about because it's the new generation, new thing. So apologies in advance. <laughs> that would be okay. I'm used to dealing with people way older than me. I'm always the youngest in the room. So this will be very easy for me. <laughs> Fantastic, and I'm I'm gonna we 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 do want to talk about that uh, uh, you know quite a bit about like how you got started right at the young age and uh, well before that right let's start from the beginning right from the beginning tell us about your your parents your siblings where were you born and um, yeah your childhood memories. So I'm Moroccan. I'm from Morocco, and I was born in a small city called Agadir. Um, if you follow the news, the late uh, earthquake that happened in Morocco was there, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, so I grew up in a very humble neighborhood, very small. Uh, and my family contains of my mom, my dad, and two of my youngest brothers. Uh, so the age difference, they are, uh, my youngest brother is 10 years younger than me. And the middle one is five to six years younger than me. 
So my childhood was mostly studying and taking care of my brothers because I was like their second mom most of the time. So um, when it comes to family, we had a normal childhood uh, uh, and my mom was very supportive of me studying. She was always the typical Arab mother, study, 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 and then study. So the focus was always on education. So that's why I grew up to be a nerd. And I had this fascination with technology from a very young age. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I studied the, uh, actually I ended up studying mathematics because in uh, my country, you don't get to study things like robotics, which I was, I was mostly interested in. Robotics, uh, tech, AI. These are not fields that are available in Morocco. So I ended up studying maths because it made sense to me that it was close to problem solving. Technology is always about problem solving. How can we innovate something to fix this? And maths is very close to it. So it made sense to me to study that instead of technology since it wasn't available at the time in Morocco. Right. Uh, that That's very, very interesting. And first of all uh, how's your family back home with the with the earthquake and everything do you have uh is uh, things all right back home all is good they're they're safe everything uh, is well uh, and i'm thankful for that and uh honestly i'm very touched by what happened in morocco and if i was able to help i would have um yeah but my family is safe which is good that's good yeah that should and um so uh, growing up as, as a child, when you, you had interest in, in technology, but did you think that uh, you will become a businesswoman one day? I always I always thought I was going to be something big. I was uh, delusional since a very young age. I mean, looking at my environment growing up, no one in my environment had uh, finished their degree, has started a, a business. So I'm the first in the family who's done all of this. So, but because of my mom and how she encouraged me, she was always telling me that I'm, I'm going to be something. So I always believed I'm going to be something. Yes, nobody in my family has done it before. Nobody has started a business or has achieved something big, but it doesn't hurt to be the first. You don't have to see other people do it in order for you to do it. You can be the first. Absolutely, you can be the first, and you are the first, right? Brilliant. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to be the first always. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, tell us about like the once you finished your studies in you know in mathematics uh, after in in Morocco, what was your next step? How did you uh, come to Dubai? So, how I came to Dubai was very interesting. I. Uh, my first job in Morocco was a part-time job while I was studying to support myself and I worked in a calling center. So I always wanted to work uh, somewhere where it's mostly English speaking because I, I thought of leaving the country one day and moving to a country in which you focus on speaking English instead of Arabic or French, which is what's mostly used in Morocco. So I had multiple jobs in calling centers uh, English speaking calling center. So I was, uh, I moved from a very nerd, introverted kid who doesn't even pick up the phone 
to having 70 calls a day, sometimes 100 calls a day with strangers and having to help them solve this problem, their problems and having to speak a language that was my third language because I, I my first and second language are Arabic and French. Um, so after I finished this stage of my life, which I was studying, working in a calling center, I ended up uh, uh, figuring out that the best career choice for me as somebody who enjoyed helping people and talking to people and solving their problems, but at the same time, I enjoyed the technology side of things, the technical problem solving, I thought the best mix of that would be uh, marketing or especially digital marketing. So I got my first job in Morocco in digital marketing and Morocco is a beautiful country, uh, very great atmosphere, but when it comes to tech, it's not innovative enough for you to have a career. So I felt uh, my I was very, very limited when it comes to uh, career options I had ahead of me especially uh, at a young age, I realized that, okay, maybe in 10 years I could, I could achieve something, but I will be very, very limited by my environment. And this is why I think environment is a big deal when it comes to your career. Uh, so I decided to move abroad. And one of the countries that I had on my list, I actually, Dubai wasn't the only option. I had a list of options, but Dubai was, uh, on the top of my options because it was English speaking city or like UAE is an English speaking country mostly. And uh, the innovation when it comes to technology is heavy here. Also entrepreneurship is big in UAE, which is why I decided to move here. And it was the best decision I ever done to my life, I ever, I ever made in my life. So I'm grateful to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, UAE, there is no place on earth like Dubai. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a, yeah, it's such, such a wonderful place and we are blessed to be here. So how, how did that move happen? And so you decided that, okay, Dubai is one of the places that you want to go. And did you come here to apply for jobs or did you just apply from there? Uh, tell us about that because a lot of people watching this, um, also have the same aspirations. They want to come to Dubai and work here, and you've done it. Your story might help them to do it as well. Definitely. So I'm not conventional in the way I came to Dubai. Uh, obviously, I applied for tourist visa, and I came here, and I started looking for work. But the way I've done it is very unconventional, and honestly, I do not uh, recommend this to other people. This is probably a lesson of what not to do, how not to move to Dubai. So what I did was I have, I was very young at the time, 21, I just turned 21. And I decided to, uh, I was saving a little bit of money and I decided to invest all of it in a visa, plane ticket and come here and figure out what's gonna happen. And that's how I did it. So I didn't calculate anything. I was just like, I want to be there and the moment I'm there, I'm going to decide what happens later on. And I do take risks like this in life, especially since I'm young and I have little to lose. But I don't recommend somebody who is uh, maybe not in their 20s and have kids and family. Please do not do this. But for me, and if you are in your 20s, consider doing this. But it's a very hard uh, and rough road, especially if you are a woman. Um, so for me, when I moved here, 
when the plane landed in Dubai airport, I knew nobody to call to pick me up. And I'm not joking. I had $700. When I converted the money and I got the cash, I had literally 700 drums in my hand, which means I couldn't take a hotel. I couldn't even take a taxi to go anywhere. So it was not safe. I did not do it the safe way. I would not recommend it. But if, if something like this makes sense to you because you are adventurous and take your risks in life, which is what makes an entrepreneur different than the other people, is that we take risks. Uh, please do it. But <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this. Yeah, so it was a very hard uh, start in Dubai. But that's that's what I love about, I guess, being uh, in Dubai. Is it the, the land of dreams? You can come here with 700 grams and start your business. I, I didn't start it immediately, obviously, after three years. But it's possible. This is what America has promised. Uh, yes. This is what becomes uh, Dubai is becoming the new America. Middle East is becoming the new America, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so uh, this is a very, very interesting story. And you've you've highlighted some very important parts here. I'm going to repeat that. You said that depending on your age, depending on your stage of life, on the phase of life you're in, you take your risks. So if you're young, you're you're uh, you have less to lose. You can take risks, and this is where this is what you did. At um, you know, at 21, you came here with 700 dirhams. Tell us about that. How did you? What, what happened next? <laughs> so what happened next is that I stayed in the airport. I was trying to get a SIM card, uh, as one does. So because you, you can make any calls in the country. Not that I have anybody to call. I just tried to get the SIM card and a bus card because I knew I'm going to need this trip. I had nowhere to go. I had no one to call and I didn't even know where I was, where, where to go. You know, it's not like I studied the map or knew some popular places, but because of my luck and because of my complete delusion, I guess, uh, I met two uh, guys there uh, who happened to be Moroccans and I spoke to them and I was like, hey, uh, I'm looking for uh, an accommodation. I just moved here and I don't have that much money, but I'm looking for accommodation for ladies. And they were like, hey, we know somebody and we can drop you there. And this was at 3 a.m. at night, 3 a.m. in the airport. So out of my luck, I do consider myself a very lucky person. So that's why I don't say, I don't recommend it. And uh, they were very nice because I'm Moroccan, they're Moroccan, you know, when you're an immigrant and you're from the same country, you do feel like this is uh, somebody from your country. What if this was your sister? What if this was somebody from your family? So they dropped me at this lady's house and at 3 a.m. She, she welcomed me and she said, hey, don't worry about the rent. Don't worry about anything. Just sleep for the night. Tomorrow when I come back from work at 7 p.m., we can talk. So the day after that, she came back home at 7 p.m. And then I discussed with her. I said, hey, I have 700 drums. And I'm not joking. It's the, literally the, the number that I had. I think 703, like 35 drums or something. And I said, this is how much I have in my wallet. Literally, uh, I'm going to give you half of it. Look for a job. And then I will pay the rent as soon as I got a job. And I started... Um, I found my bus card and I started looking for a job and I started applying because they had the Wi-Fi in the accommodation. 
everywhere. Within two weeks, I got a part-time job. So in Dubai, when you uh, work part-time jobs, which is not necessarily uh, a great option, but if you need money like quickly, uh, you can work by the hour, you can work by the day, and they will pay you uh, maybe the same day, maybe after one week, and that's what happened. I got a part-time job, and uh, within one week, I accumulated enough money to pay the rent and cover the groceries. And, you know, after that, obviously, I started applying to more serious jobs, which were in my field, but that was the start. And it was a rough, rough, rough start. Would not recommend it. I was walking in the heat in Dubai. And if you've ever been in Dubai, you know it's not a good, it's not a good idea. You know, applying everywhere, asking everybody if they have a part-time job. I got three shades darker in two weeks. <laughs> but it it all it all went for uh, I get I guess a good cause. Yeah, and you were you you had a dream. And you've come to the dream city and you you were brave. And they say, you know, the fortune favors the brave. And yes, you were lucky, but, you know, luck favors the brave, right? And this, you got lucky because you were brave. And you took that uh, risk. I'm, I'm super, super proud of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it wasn't easy. And honestly, with no, uh, with being very, very honest and integrity, I did not tell my parents. Because if you know anything about Arab mothers, and also I think South Asian mothers, is that they're very protective of their daughters. So if my mom knew that I went there and I was looking for work and I was walking, I didn't have enough knew all of this she would not let me you know get into this position i told my mom i'm going to dubai because i already have a job because i don't want her to worry but in reality i was just taking the risk and i knew that if i don't take the risk at 21 i probably would not be able to take it at 31 if i'm married with kids or you know yes that's that's a that's a very good point yeah i mean this is the age to take the risk and you did and so so tell us about the job then you see you got a job after that after uh, like after the few first uh few part-time jobs did you get a a good full-time job yes i got a full-time job in a company a real estate company uh in dubai and i was doing their marketing for them uh, this was full time. I had visa and everything, so it was a kind of a more safe environment to uh, be able to work and grow. I learned a lot from the first month. I learned a lot because in Morocco, the difference is there isn't much diversity in the workplace. You don't get. You're not. Uh, uh, we're interacting with people from different cultures and different work. Uh, environment uh, but the difference in dubai is that you work people with people from different cultures different nationalities they have they come from different backgrounds with different work ethics so to me that was all new and everybody is eager for you to learn no one will will gatekeep uh, any information from you and this is what i liked about working in dubai and working for uh, my my first job was marketing expert so was it also was it in digital marketing yes yes it was a digital marketing expert job for a real estate uh, uh, company in dubai and that was my first job and then i moved doing the same thing uh after one year i was doing the same thing for another uh, company but this is semi-government i was working for tadbir 
Uh, if you noted here, uh, there is uh, summary government uh, um, offices in within Dubai, which they also need uh, marketing and they do employ somebody who takes care of their marketing in-house. And I was doing this for them. Also, I learned a lot because most of this, uh, this uh, most of the staff in these summer government uh, or government offices are locals. So I learned a lot about UAE culture, about the local culture from the interacting with them. So I got a taste of everything when from these jobs, although my job was the same and my, my, my limits were the same within both, both positions. Yeah, but the exposure was, was different and you got that. Uh, was great. I was I was learning something new every day. I loved it. I loved being around people from different cultures. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so, when was it that you 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 thought that you're gonna quit your job and start your own business? When did that idea come about? When did the idea of quality digital marketing come about in your, in your mind? So before quality digital marketing, I was freelancing. So while I was working for these companies, I was taking projects here and there and freelancing. So if somebody needs uh, the same uh, services that I was offering for the company and if someone needs them outside, I would provide these services part time. So I was comfortable making uh, a living um, part time at, at the time, uh, also while working. And Even Doing like a side hustle on the side, like while working. Like on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think everybody who works in the tech field should do something by themselves on the side, regardless of how much they're getting paid, just to be able to be creative. Because when you're working for a company, you're working for their cause, you never get to expand your, um, your, or grow in your field without the company so if the company does not allow you to be creative in this in this manner you will not be able to do it so the good thing is uh to if you want to be creative and you want to learn is to take projects from outside try this and try that and maybe you will not necessarily start your own thing it's a good idea to start your own thing but at least you will expand and see what are you comfortable with outside of the company culture or the company's cause yeah yeah and and the restrictions right i mean if you're working for a company there are there are limitations that you you work within certain boundaries there your creativity is you know structured within a certain boundary yeah. and when you're doing it on the side for someone else you can you can kind of expand your uh, horizon there and that's that's what what i faced that was the problem what i faced and that's why i decided I would rather freelance full-time or start my own thing than work for a company. Because my uh, last company I was working with, all good things aside, is um, my, I'm not the type, and I guess you, you have interacted with a lot of entrepreneurs and you can tell from the way they behave and the way they interact and the way they think is there is the type to be a leader and the type to be a follower. There's nothing wrong with being either of these things. Nothing wrong with being a follower. Is that one needs a mission and one has a mission. And when I was working for both of these companies, I always had a mission and it was always hard to, um, for me to suppress my input and suppress my thoughts 
for the benefit of the company. That's why I knew eventually I'm going to be doing my own thing. And I knew it from a very young age and even before I moved to Dubai. Uh, but work, having to work for a company's purpose was a great, great challenge for me. But sometimes it's good because you get to learn from, from it as well. Yeah, you get that experience, you get that exposure. But then I think uh, this is this is a very, very important uh, aspect that you brought here, that there are people who some have a mission, some need a mission. You had a mission. If you have a mission, then it's like uh, it's difficult to be to kind of suppress that and, and uh, mold it, mold yourself into another someone else's dream. And uh, so and then uh, once you started doing this freelancing for uh, on the side while you were still working, um, how, how did things progress after that? And when, when did you decide to like you know safe enough to quit the job? Uh, what was your next step? Uh, well, I started the job uh, and the first you know like the honeymoon phase, the first three months of every job. You love it. You love everything. You're learning. You're this is your second home you enjoy your eight hours and you go home and you're like every minute of it was worth it and then after the honeymoon phase then you start it starts to drain on you that you have a mission you come here for with a purpose and now you're starting to lose it and i guess everybody in your environment picks up on it especially if you are a leader by nature and the you're not easy to control. Uh, everyone in your environment can feel it in your energy because you have your own way of thinking, your own mindset. And when that you don't get to live your truth, uh, you finally get like to to have this drained energy uh, all the time, and people can feel it. And that's when I started falling in that category of I'm being drained, I need to do my own thing. And I was a little bit doing that outside by taking these projects here and there, but I wasn't, the thing about me is that when I get to a point in which I'm completely uh, comfortable, that's when I have to disturb my comfort. Because I know in my comfort zone, I cannot learn anything. I cannot grow, have to be disturbed. Move on to the next stage, take the next risk. So the next risk was to quit my job and just exactly like how I came to Dubai with no plan, just quit the job and we'll figure out what happens after that. So I quit the job and I had no plan. I moved my working visa to my uh, to a tourist visa and I just started figuring out. And uh, the funny thing is when I left my job and I quit, the same day I filmed the video of me saying, in next year, I'm going to have a digital marketing agency that does AI and does this and this and this. Uh, and I started explaining about the agency and I started talking as if I have it. And I, right now, like recently, I was looking through my gallery and I saw that video and I was like, this is so strange. It looks like, it looks like what was she talking about? Because she wasn't in a position to do this. So... Yeah. That was a that was a little bit. I guess this is where the delusion comes in. Is that I think I have it, and then I guess it just happens. So wow. when I when I moved when I moved cities, uh, you know, I was working in uh, Abu Dhabi, and then I have to move to Dubai because I had no business in Abu Dhabi. Most most clients, most businesses are 
in Dubai. So I moved to Dubai and I was freelancing full time. I had no plan of like um, income every month because when you are freelancing, the, the problem that comes in is that you can have a big project today, but you're not guaranteeing that you will have another project to guarantee the next income for next month, not like having a job. So that was a big, big challenge for me at the time. That's why instead of doing the regular thing that people do, which is you'll go to these websites like Fiverr, people per hour, and you'll start freelancing there thinking that you will have uh, uh, a regular income is that if people review your work, people will come in again and they will see the other reviews and they will work with you. But I thought since I wanted to start an agency, the best idea is that to work with people locally, work with companies locally, work with people uh, that are near me so they know my name and they know what I do. And eventually um, they will recommend me to their friends and their, their business partners uh, and their groups. And that's how I started networking and getting clients locally. At the start, it was hard because I just moved from another uh, city and also I didn't have um, any um, network. I had no network. I had no people that knew what I do. Everybody that knew me from before knew me as the marketing lady that worked for this company or the marketing lady that worked for such and such. They didn't know uh, the my full potential, everything that I can do. They didn't even know my name. So. I started networking and getting clients in that way. And I noticed that when you are providing more than enough, because most of my clients at the time, they would come in for, uh, we, we just want, uh, for example, for you to make a website. And I would say, listen, I have been doing this for a while. And I know that you don't need a website, for example. You just need to have a landing page with ads. When you give your best and you treat the business as if it's yours, if this was my business, what would I do? And this is the advice that I would give to my clients. They will think of me as somebody who's that invested in their business. So obviously they want the best for their friends. They would recommend me to their friend. Within three months, I started having a network of new people. Went from having 200 people on my phone to 1,000 contacts of people who I actually have a genuine uh, connection with. And my connection with them will not expire when the, uh, the contract with the company expires like the other people that I knew from before. So that's how it all started. But the way I started, the company was another jump. So. <laughs> I always wow. jump in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is this is brilliant. First of all, like you know the, the way you uh, created your network and your network. I mean, you didn't know anybody. I mean, if if I look back, like uh, go, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years back or a few years few years ago when you landed in Dubai uh, with seven hundred dirhams. In your, in your pocket, 735 dirhams, and didn't know anybody here. You've established yourself because you, you know, you, you had a dream, and you were bold enough to go out there and, and talk to people, network with people. This is very, very important. The importance of networking is like you, you, you can. Uh, this is this is really, really uh, important. So, and and uh, tell us about the you know the the establishment of how did you start. Uh, quality digital uh, digital marketing. 
So we'll pick up from the networking part. When I was talking to everybody about uh, what, I, what I'm doing and providing the services to them, I met a few people that were way out of my league well, business-wise. You know what I mean? I was working with businesses who just started. I was working with people within my age range who just started, but I was always uh, reaching for uh, new clients who were out of my league, who would usually work with an agency because eventually I wanted to start an agency. So one of these clients, uh, well, before I say this, uh, I was talking to a lot of people who have multiple companies and uh, one day, out of my delusions, as always, I just decided to sit down and have like a company presentation. If I have an agency what, and I want to convince somebody to invest in it and I have an idea, how would I present it? And I sat down, I worked for a week or so on a business presentation. And every person that I've met, I'm not joking, every person that I've met who uh, had the business, I would sit down with them and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, just give me five minutes of your time and I would talk about it. I would talk and talk and talk and I wouldn't shut up about it until the point in which everybody was getting annoyed. Because if you want to go through, especially if you are in my age range and you want to go through the whole process of finding investors and having to go through uh, an investment firm and they will help you find an investor in your pitch. It's going to be hard because you need to have something tangible to provide. But if you only have an idea like I did at the time, and I was a freelancer, I was I didn't have I didn't have it in my means to start it, to start an agency by my own because there's a lot of expenses that go through it. Um, so my idea at the time was since I already have a big network and I'm already going to be meeting new people all the time, how about I just talk about it? So every client I had, I just said, yes, I'm freelancing and I'm doing this, but I'm also starting an agency and this is the idea of my agency. And I'm currently looking for an investor. I would say this over and over and over again. And by, by like, uh, I think, uh, uh, November last year or October last year, within the same month, I had three calls from friends of friends or like same month. I would not, I, I didn't even believe it. I was like, what's going on? Like suddenly everybody's interested. What the hell? Um, so I got three calls, uh, friends of friends of clients I've worked with like, Hey, Iman, how are you doing this? I know that you have this, but how about we meet and talk? And within, within one month, I have three people, three investors who are interested in uh, supporting my idea, my, my digital marketing idea, um, uh, agency um, financially. So I had to choose. I, suddenly I was in a position of choosing which one to go through. So. It was, it was kind of, a, that's why I keep saying, I feel like I'm lucky, but at the same time, it's not always luck. It's how you position yourself. If you put yourself in an environment with people with it, who, when, like, I'm not thinking about it in the superficial ways that you have to be around people who will benefit you, but also you have to put yourself with people who are, make sense with the person that you want to become. I want to become a businesswoman, for example. I need to be around businessmen, businesswomen, business people. 
I'll, if I don't do that, I will never be that person. So because I positioned myself in this way, I suddenly found myself in a position which I have to choose between investors. I don't even have to go looking for that. And I went ahead with the, and the, lastly, like when, when you are going through the investment process, uh, there are a lot of things to take in considerations, like um, uh, how much the investment will be, how long would it be, how much of the percentage would it be, and. 24 year old i have no business degree i don't know any of these terms uh obviously i was confused i didn't know that all of this would go through it so i uh luckily because of my network i had someone that could uh, help me with this advice so i spoke to one of my friends who already had an agency and he told me to go ahead with one of the investors who had the best option for me long term so i wouldn't sign on something or i wouldn't agree on something that wouldn't be beneficial for me long term uh which is always this is why it's always good to have people in your life who are bigger older than you and bigger than you and know more than you so Mentors, you, they will yeah. guide you through it yeah 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 brilliant so, so, so you uh i i think this is a fantastic uh you know story here because you uh, you went out there and, and spoke to people, you told everyone, and I think it, it's like a funnel, right? You, I mean, you spoke to, you must have spoken to probably like a hundred people. And then out of those hundred people, you know, three of them, uh, called you back and then said, you know, let's, uh, let's talk. And somehow then, you know, things connected and from, from there, then you got, so, um, with the help of your friend, and I want to know about this because I mean, good your your friend helped you with this, but the amounts. How did you between you and your friend? How did you all decide what is the amount required for the investment? What was your ask uh, for to the to the investors? So the investment that we went ahead with was not only that we need to establish the company, the offices, and the the the. Uh, the startup expenses, but it also has to be an investment in the long term, because what I will be doing is the work. I will provide everything in my power for for the work to 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 be profitable for the investors. But at the end of the day, they don't they believe in the idea, but they 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 have to consider that there must be profit. If there is no profit, there is no business. So I'm going to ensure. The, the, that they will have profits in the long term uh, or from the start of the business because I already had freelancers and this is why it was a good idea to start after a while of freelancing. Uh, after, uh, after you do the initial expenses, the calculation of the initial expenses, which I had no uh, idea about, I had to learn everything. And the thing about being an entrepreneur is that there is a lot of things that you learn that has nothing to do with what you actually originally supposed to do. The accounting, the calculations, how to deal with people, uh, uh, crisis management, all of this, no one will teach you in school and has nothing to do with your business. If your business like digital marketing like me, you obviously are not an accountant, you don't know any of these terms, so you have to learn. So he taught me how my, my friend is an older gentleman who started his business a long time ago, more than 15 years ago. And he went through the process of 
this is why it's good to to be around people who older than you and learn more than you is because he failed and because he failed over and over and over he can give me the advice to help me not to protect me from failure you have to fail also but to help me avoid the mistakes that he've made so the initial calculations were done by him and his advice was it's going to be a long-term investment instead of just giving you this amount of money go ahead with it start ahead with it and do what you will so this is why we decided to go uh, ahead with one of the investors who had this long-term mindset of i'm going to be able to provide all of this in the long term, regardless of uh, how much profit we have in the first trimester, the second trimester, the first year, etc. Got it. Got it. Brilliant. So uh, once you got the investment, I mean, you chose one of the three uh, investors who already invest in you, right? And yes. Yeah. And uh, once you set up. How was it different from like how did life change after you register your company uh, after you registered your company uh, versus the previous you know earlier when you were doing a freelancing uh, work? Yeah, <laughs> it changed. It changed big time. And you think the, the thing about it is people would think, oh, you just become well, overnight. You become a business person. But the thing about being an entrepreneur is it's a mindset. You already are an entrepreneur before you start your first business. So while I was doing the networking, now I have to do more of it. While I was doing the sales before as a freelancer, now I have to do more of it. The only new thing is uh, that you have to manage staff, you have to take responsibilities of mistakes that you didn't make. Because while I was working as a freelancer, I have my computer. If I make a mistake, I can fix it from here. I'll take accountability for my own. But when you are working with a team, now you have to take accountability for other people's mistakes. Now, that's the hard thing. If you have an ego, it's not going to work for you because you have to kill your ego when it comes to this. Also, there is a lot of stress that comes with the beginning of a business that nobody tells you about and there's a lot of challenges one of the challenges that i faced myself and i had to take my friend's advice when it comes when it came to this challenge was that i did not know how to hand over work to other people because i didn't trust the quality of other people work like i did with mine i knew that i can do this the best so to give it to somebody to do it the best, I have to trust them. So trusting your staff, your employees, people that work with you as a team is a very big, big process. And it's hard and it's not easy. And he told me, my friend sat down with me and he said, I do face, I faced this issue at the beginning as well. But I had to hire someone because I have to admit, I cannot do everything by myself especially especially not at the start so you have to give certain things to some people and you have to trust and if they make a mistake you have to take accountability for it which is the hardest part for for me it was the hardest part but maybe uh if somebody's watching this and they just started their business they will face different problems or different issues or challenges from mine depending on the business and depending on their uh personality my i am a perfectionist so if the work isn't done properly, I'm not going to be happy with it. And I had to, to let go of that perfectionism to get anything done. 
So somebody, if they're watching this and they have issues with time management, they might face a different challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is, uh, delegation is one of the toughest things. Like, it's also, like, like you said, trust, right? You have to trust the other person. And also, you have to accept a different quality of work than what you can produce. Because you know that you can do it in this way and this is like you, you find it the best, but then somebody else does it in a different way and they may not be up to the mark, but you have to accept it because you can't redo what they've been doing and then you, you can't keep doing that, right? So that's I that's one of the lessons. Uh, you know. My friend told me is that the client's standards will always be lower than yours because of our personalities match. We're both perfectionists. So our standards are very high. But you as a client, for example, if you tell me to do this task, your client or your standards for it might be lower than mine. And maybe the employee I will have, or they might not have the highest standards, but they will meet the client's standards. And that's the only thing that's important is the client satisfaction. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, Iman, now that you've been, you know, you've started the business and you've been running and you you have a team. Looking back um, at the at that, you know, uh, looking back at the girl who who landed at Dubai Airport with seven hundred dirhams in hand to <laughs> businesswoman that you've become in a very short time. First of all, fantastic! Congratulations on this journey. Looking at this journey. Um, and even before this, like, who would you like to give the credit to or who would you like to thank for the success that you've had? I guess uh, every person that I've met in the way and have facilitated for me in a way or another to be here. From the investors to my friends' advice to my former employee who told me that I'm supposed to start my own business. I will not forget that. Thank you for that, because now I'm here. Uh, to everybody, even the guys who drove me from the airport and offered me the lift to this place. I don't have their contacts, don't have their names, but obviously they've played a big role, everyone. And if you think about it, even uh, in your everyday life, people will just give you an advice or they just help you uh, get something quicker. And that's uh, to me, that is a bigger service than somebody uh, handing you this big opportunity, like on a silver spoon. So yeah, yeah. I, I think every person has given me an advice, an opportunity, uh, a foot in the door, or just a word of encouragement. I'm very grateful for all of that. Sure, and uh, and you know the, the the guys who you should you should actually forward this uh, once we once we release the video you should send this video to all all of those people even the, the lady who at three o'clock in the night she welcomed you to her house and then she uh, you know so you should you should give it to uh, uh, share this video with all of them and those two guys who the Moroccan guys who who helped you from the uh, from the airport to the lady's house. Uh, though they, though you don't have their contact, I hope this video reaches them because the video will be on YouTube. So guys, yeah, and uh, and the thanks, the, the gratitude goes through the video to them. So Iman, yeah, um, for people who are uh, you know small business people are watching this who run small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who would like to 
um, benefit from the services that you provide at Quality Digital Marketing? What's the best way that people can reach out to you? So people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I go by Iman Ag, AJ, or you can reach out to me on the contacts on my website, qualitydigitalmarketing.ee or digitalmarketingindubai.ee. Uh, or you can also reach out to me on Instagram. I, I do not prefer this, but you it's open. Oh, DMs are open for everyone. Or if you need advice, it doesn't have to be uh, a business transa uh, transaction. If you need advice, someone to talk to, uh, someone to guide you, if you want me to do what other people have done for me to you, when you just landed in Dubai and you want somebody to help, please reach out. Wow, this is awesome, awesome, Iman. Fantastic, you're, off, you're paying it forward, you're offering the help to Definitely, people. I have to, I have to pay it forward. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna uh, include the links to your LinkedIn profile and your website and your uh, Insta, um, Instagram uh, on the in the description for YouTube and in the show notes for the podcast platforms. One final question, uh, Iman, before we wrap up here. How was your experience being on the Be Your Own Boss podcast? I watched a couple of episodes. I loved every one of them. Uh, and the experience, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like you're my best friend. I know you said 20 years age difference, but again, I do not, I do not subscribe to this. Best people that I have in my life are way older than me. So yeah, I feel like I'm very welcomed. I can speak my mind and my truth. And you're a great host. I mean, you're doing the best I've seen so far. So this is a very comfortable experience. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And with the, the way you, you're, you're a great storyteller, the way you've told your story, the way you've, you've and your story has, there is, you know, the, the struggles and the, the triumphs and your personality. You've touched my heart. Big hug. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your journey, sharing your story with us. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. It was wonderful being here also. Hopefully we'll do this but in the upcoming future if I do something crazier. Yes. Well, we should we should do it again yeah, as well. We definitely. should do that again. Definitely. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was... Iman Agnama, the founder of Quality Digital Marketing LLC, and you've been watching and listening to Be Your Own Boss. Oh, 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 oh.